Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Northfield Radio Program. I am so excited that you're here with me today. On today's show, we've got a very, very good friend of mine, Dave Melhoff. He is a former coach of mine, just incredible stuff. We're going to talk about ministry and what he's been doing and the impact that he is making on college students in the world today. First, I want to say thank you to our friends at Outpost Coffee for providing us with incredible products and beverages. Check them out at outpostcoffeeco.com. So on today's program, like I said, we're going to have a conversation with my friend Dave Melhoff. He is my former basketball coach, and he's a mentor of mine. We're going to talk about college ministry and what he's doing to make an impact on college students in Oklahoma City and the Edmond area. You can also connect with them on their Facebook page at facebook.com slash validworldview. I pray that this conversation encourages you on your journey this week. Welcome to the Northfield Nation, Mr. Dave Melhoff. How in the world are you doing, my friend? I am, as I was last time, super great and getting better. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So, folks that don't know who you are, uh, you and I met when you were 33. I I did the math and I figured that out. You were 33 years old uh, when we first met. And I had a headset on and a Walkman. I was walking through the doors and you said, hey, man, what are you listening to? And I said, DC Talk. And you said, what? <laughs> yeah, I remember that. And then you, we went to see DC Talk together uh, a few years later. So I remember that, too. I re- yeah, just now I had uh, forgotten the uh, technological advances of the Walkman. Oh, big time. That's, I'm dating myself there. So, okay, you came from South Dakota, uh, and you moved to Oklahoma. You were a the headmaster or principal or administrator at the school that I attended. Uh, and then you moved after after you left there. You moved to the Oklahoma City area and have been in ministry for years and years and years and years. Uh, you, you were doing men's ministry. And you are now presently doing college ministry uh, with a, an organization called Valid Worldview on the campus of uh, UCO, correct? That is correct, yes. I was beginning to wonder if this was a multiple choice or, uh, <laughs> <laughs> or See, a short essay. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I want to just uh, run through this with you. you ha- how did you guys get your start? Because this is a relatively new uh, yeah. ministry and I, I wanted just to just to pick your mind because there's college students seven out of ten statistics show seven out of ten it's it's creeping towards eight uh, seven out of ten right now leave the church these are Christian kids quote unquote Christian kids leave the church uh, by the time they are freshmen in college and you were trying to help combat that and I wanted to just see how where you how you guys got your start and what what it is that you do with valid worldview. Well, it all started back in about 2013. I joined the staff of Fairview Baptist as the administrator headmaster at Liberty Christian Academy. And part of my responsibilities as a staffer there at Fairview was to run the college college career ministry. And so we just determined at that point that we were going to run over to the Nye University Center. We're just a couple miles from the University of Central Oklahoma here in Edmond, and uh, we determined that we were going to meet at the Student Union every Wednesday night at 6.30, and so that's what we did. That was our meeting place. Uh, We'd meet there at 6.30. Uh, We'd go out and uh, do some outreach evangelism on campus for a half hour, 45 minutes, and then we'd come back to the Union about 7.15, 
and uh, just engage in some worldview discussions. Typically, the kids, when they'd go out and share, they would bring um, any, uh, students that they had shared with on the campus. They'd invite them to come back with them. And on occasion, we had some. And then over the course of time, we did indeed have uh, just some regular tenders from the campus as a result of our outreach, which, which was pretty cool. So from there then, all of our discussions were about uh, worldview issues, what was taking place in the culture today, ethics, morality, those types of things. We really had some healthy discussions. So that happened, and then we began to pray for a more permanent presence on the campus, realizing that we were meeting up with some success. But before all of that happened, John Mishner from the Justice for All, he was an area associate with the Justice for All pro-life outreach. He had come and talked to one of our guys, Josh Blair at that time, who was a student on the campus. Both he and another one of our students were in our student government, and he had asked us to form a, a, um, a recognized on-campus student organization because there was another Christian organization on campus that um, balked at sponsoring Justice for All, pro-life outreach on campus. And so that was kind of the impetus behind how it is that we got started. We did all the paperwork, completed all the paperwork, um, and became an, a recognized on-campus student organization. Oh, nice. And from, there, and from there, then, yeah, we became, we had to, hire, we had to find a, uh, uh, an on-campus um, sponsor, and we did because he attends our church. And, uh, in fact, he directs the marching band on, at the University of Central Oklahoma. So we had everything fall into place. We believe that's providence of God, obviously. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And so from there, then, we were able to host um, some on-campus on pro-life outreach is how we kind of got our start. So from doing those events, that event with John then, um, as I said earlier, we began to pray for a more permanent presence on the campus. We started kind of prayer walking and praying and just looking at buildings and saying, you know what, Lord, if there's a, if there is a room the size of a closet in any of these buildings, we'll take it. We just wanted a place on campus to hang our hat. Yeah. And um, long story short, uh, the Mo the Edmund Islamic Society was building a new two-story facility, and they had inquired of a lady that lives across the alley from from their new facility if they could purchase her house, and they were going to make a uh, parking lot out of her house as well as the one right next to her that they had already purchased, and uh, she didn't want any part of that. Came over. <laughs> came over and spoke with us. Uh, we went over a, we came over to the Thatcher house, which is now affectionately referred to as the Thatcher house located at 325 East Thatcher street. We came over and looked at this house and, um, you know, she wanted to sell, we wanted to buy. Next thing you know, we're in here remodeling this place. And, uh, we meet here across the street from the campus right now, every Wednesday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night. Oh, wow. So let me get this right. Now, I know the Thatcher House because I've been there several times. Um, it is smack dab in the middle between the, is it an Islamic, is it a mosque or? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a temple, mosque, whatever you want to call okay, it. Okay, so it's, it's right next to the mosque. Facility. Yeah. And then on the other so, side, uh, not too far, is the Mormon Church, is that correct? Well, there's a Mormon Adult Resource Center across the street now. They've changed. It used to be the Mormon Training Center, but they've now changed the name of it. And uh, so they're across the street in front of us, and then behind the alley behind us is the uh, Edmund Islamic Society. So you guys are literally smack dab in the middle of the fight. And that is just, that's what I love about what you guys are doing. You're smack dab in the middle of, of it. 
And um, how, what kind of impact or have you guys had engagement with these groups that are next to you? Oh yeah, all the above. Then and, and then, I mean, these groups, and then of course uh, numbers on campus. But we've had a couple of our students have gone over to the Mormon <laughs> Education's uh, Education Building at that time and met with a couple of the elders there. Um, what they didn't know is that the elders that they were talking to, basically their peers, brought some adult elders in and they tried to reason with them. But our two young bucks uh, <laughs> around and really did a great, phenomenal job. Of course, every time we go out and communicate with people, we ask, you know, we have them come back the next meeting. We do some feedback and some some report back and debrief yeah. on all that stuff. Um, as far as the uh, Edmund Islamic Society is concerned, um, you know, in their construction process, we've been obviously here. And so I interacted with the building supervisor and the guy that was overseeing their construction project on a daily basis, almost on a daily basis. It mm. was it's phenomenal. And so uh, at one point before they began their construction, we had their their mosque leader, their temple leader, and he brought the chanter with him as well as uh, another a uh, member of their church who happened to know one of our students. That's how we got them over here. She invited them to come over and uh, they explained um, a little bit about their belief system. It was really a, um, how do I say it, kind of a hair-raising experience uh, bet. Even, be even before it started because you're inviting Muslims to your house. Now, we had had Muslims in the house before because we right next to us on the west side of us is a... Um, an apartment house. And so we had a young guy in here one time from Iraq that came in and shared, uh, I can't remember if he was Sunni or uh, Shia, but he shared about a little bit about his faith. Well, what we learned when he came in and shared was he doesn't know much about his faith. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing we learned. So every time we interact with these people, we learn more and more and more. Um, but the night that we had uh, Dr. Ahmad and a couple of the other uh, members of the Edmund Islamic Society in, we had a Q&A with them. And uh, he didn't seem, they didn't seem to be very well um, uh, informed or knowledgeable about their faith. Yeah. But again, it opened up opportunities. We've had, uh, we hosted an event on campus uh, with um, Dr. Charles Jackson. He's a Mensa scholar from the Creation Truth Foundation. We called it Darwinian Evolution. We did that in February of 2015. And uh, we, you know, it was entitled evolution, Darwinian evolution, scientific or non-scientific, and you would have thought that it was a skeptic club event because really, uh, we, yeah, we, we provided the venue, we provided the speaker, and then they came, and then because of relationships we've had with them on, in the past, uh, some of our leaders uh, on campus, they were standing at the door handing out skeptics material to people that were coming in, <laughs> which was fine. We didn't have a problem with that. And see, here, oh, let me stop you real quick because I, I want people to see this because there's so many people that are terrified that, oh, my goodness, if if my college student gets exposed to this kind of stuff and they and they have to uh, hear these people, they might be converted. But you're not afraid of, of that at all, are you? You're not concerned. You're not worried about any of these people, um, quote unquote, converting or maybe influencing because you want to engage. I mean, you're, you're taking the approach that Ravi Zacharias takes uh, where he engages with these people um, because um, he wants to see them come to know Jesus. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly what we do. So 
Um, we don't want to be hostile. It's not groups that win groups. It's one-on-one. -on -one, it's relationships. And that's exactly what, ha what took place with that. And so um, we train students how to ask the right questions and build relationship. And we say, listen, uh, if they ask a question that you don't know the answer to, the response is, and again, this is Greg Kokel stuff from Stand to Reason, but the response in a situation like that is, boy, that is a great question, something I've never thought of before. Give me a week, if you would, or some couple days, whatever, to, to see if I can't find the answer for that, uh, for you on that. And let's get together and do a follow-up on this. So mm -hmm. that's one of the techniques we use. But as a result of hosting this event on campus, what happened was uh, we invited the Skeptics Club to come over to the Thatcher House one night. And we, we broke it up into three different groups. We fed everybody pizza that night. And uh, we broke up into three different groups, and we discussed morality. We did not have an agenda. And I bounced around from three different rooms. We've got a, we've got a house setting here that was built in 1915. It's a one-story facility. It's got uh, what 1,100 square feet in here. And um, at that time, we hadn't been completely remodeled, but we had three different groups bid up. And I was bouncing between those three groups, and it was so much fun. But when those kids left, uh, to a man, to a woman, uh, to a student, they all said, "Man, we uh, we didn't expect that we'd be treated this nicely, and we look forward to the time we can come back." So wait a minute, wait a minute. This the these were the atheists, uh, the skeptics who came in the skeptics club, and you engaged with them, and there was no hostility, just conversation. True story. Yep. So they exactly. they had this was sort of kind of a bridge that has been built because what a lot of, what happens a lot of times is Christians go out with their signs and they scream and their bullhorns. And there's a time for street preaching. I'm not against that, but the, you know, having one-on-one -on -one conversations, um, and they're not hostile. They're just genuine. I have questions. They can ask questions, and you're not afraid. It builds sort of a rapport between you and this group, correct? Yeah. So we uh, we respect each other. We don't have to agree with them, and we don't agree with them in many respects. And I tell the students all the time, listen, their salvation is not. It's not determined by you. Amen. It's not, it's not on you. It, your responsibility is to um, go. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, all authority in heaven and earth has been given me. That's the first part of the Great Commission. Yep. And then we go. So we have to understand that all authority <clears throat> is Christ's. And uh, that's so right. that's the mentality that we take. Um, kind of as a follow-up to that, because one of the guys that was at this event was, his name is Red McCall. He called himself the Friendly Atheist. And so uh, we invited Red, the Friendly Atheist, to come to the Thatcher House one night, and he did. And he shared his story with us, how, how he went to a Catholic school as a kid, mm -hmm. and how he, uh, you know, I could share more about that, but basically how he walked away from that education or that training. And so we had an opportunity to sit and ask him questions he stayed here that night. We started that night at 7 o'clock, and finally at 2.30 that morning, he left. He was sitting here talking to some of our students. Man. Yeah, pretty cool stuff. That really is neat. Just to, to be able to have those kind of conversations and that kind of relationship on campus, and, and you are known as this organization that, that – is welcoming to these people, not from the standpoint of, of just letting anything, any sin or any any stuff just romp, romp through the door, but you're willing to have a conversation with these people in regards to what they believe and you share what you believe and you have this conversation and it, it, it seems to be making an impact. Oh, yeah. It's uh, it's having a great impact uh, as a result of my connecting with their, their Islamic society's building supervisor on almost on a daily basis we were studying a summit ministry study called secret battles of ideas at the time 
and our discussion for that night was going to be on Islam. Mm. And so I took a DVD of our discussion that night and what we would be viewing. It's about nine, 15 minutes long. And I took over to our, to the, uh, Al is his name. And I took over to Al and I said, Al, this is our study Sunday night. What I would like for you to do, if you'd be open and interested in doing this, I'd like for you to view what we're going to view and see if you can contend with anything that we're going to be viewing oh, wow. in regard to the authenticity of your belief system. And he said, sure, I'd be happy to do that. So he comes and we view it that night together. And then we sit and we talk and we got this guy's from uh, Iraq. And we sat and talked with him for an hour and a half asking him questions. And there was a great deal of respect both ways. And we have attended the mosque uh, when they break fast for their Ramadan. They invite us to come over. We go over there and uh, we watch them do their prayer service and then they feed us. Oh, wow. So we, We've done that. We did that back-to-back -back nights in a row. Uh, one Wednesday night, I said, well, you don't need to feed us on this Wednesday night. We'll come over after our program because we feed our kids ourselves. Mm -hmm. We went over there and, and engaged them and watched, and then they explained everything that they were doing to us, and then they gave us to-go boxes of food. That's. <laughs> uh, I told them, I said, these guys, we don't need any. We've already eaten. But they fed us anyway. <laughs> well, that's the, I mean, you're, you're building these relationships. And I guarantee if you were standing out in front of the building with a sign screaming, you know, we hate you yeah. or, or God hates you or whatever it is, that's, it's, you know, you're going to burn in hell. Like, yes, that's the truth that they, that, that if you do not know and love Jesus Christ and have a relationship with him, yes, it is, that is the truth. But yelling that and screaming that at people doesn't work. It just, no, <laughs> it, it just doesn't, doesn't work. And what it does for us, you know, the, the dark in the door concept that we talked about previously, um, you know, it takes students, for instance, last year, Easter, April 1st was uh, Easter weekend down here and the National Atheist, uh, whatever their organization name is, they had their their national conference convention here in Oklahoma City. So uh, myself and a couple of the kids, three or four of us went down there and we darkened the door of the Atheist Convention. And... Um, Basically, I embedded, I embedded myself in the atheist convention, and so did these other guys. We went into a, uh, a breakout session on how to convert a Christian in 15 minutes, how to do, do street, street epistemology is what they call it. <laughs> my goodness, was that an experience. So my own personal lifestyle is such that I don't – I mean, I engage in those types of things. I mean, I was at the, uh, the National Gay Pride Parade in Washington, D.C. a couple of years ago, and I just walked that whole um, – Oh, what do you want to call it? Fair or whatever, yeah. you know, it's yeah. on street open display and all that stuff. And it's quite an experience, but none of that stuff um, is off limits because we have to get to the culture and engage in that perspective. But I share all that to say what it does. It takes, uh, it takes the believer past praying against a concept to praying for an individual that you have a relationship with now who doesn't believe the same way you do. Um, and it really intensifies the prayer process, uh, heightens our awareness as to their lives. We get to know their stories, but we continue to build relationship with them and be a reflection of Christ. So, yeah. so not only have you had these events, these types of events, you've also brought in some, uh, some, some theological heavy hitters, people like Frank Turek and Jeff Myers. You brought these guys in. Uh, to do different events. Uh, tell me about some of those events you guys have hosted. 
Yeah, and a lot of those we partner with Fairview on that. They uh, we don't bring Frank Turk in just for one night event here on campus. We use him if he's going to be here in town. We'll use him three or four nights or two or three days, whatever. And yeah. So we brought Frank in, and he did. He's did. I don't have enough faith to be an atheist from his cross-examined ministry. Jeff Myers from Summit Ministries, who basically wrote the um, Secret Battle of Ideas curriculum that we had gone through previously, we brought him on campus to share understanding the ideas that rule the world, which is basically the Secret Battle of Ideas. Um, and it's just an open open forum. We uh, we have marketed and we publicize it such on campus so that doors are open for anybody to come and ask questions and sit and listen. So. Um, we've done James Walker and Khalil Meek. Uh, we hosted James and Khalil with the Muslim Student Association. We co-sponsored that event with them. Um, Jesus Christ, Prophet of Allah, or Savior of the World is what we called it. Wow. And uh, so we had a couple of our students on the platform with a couple of the Muslim Student Association uh, leaders, and we each offered introductions to our different groups. And then hmm. we had that that event, which is pretty pretty awesome. Uh, as of late, in October of last year, we partnered with the uh, uh, Student Alliance for Equality, which is the on-campus LGBTQIAA plus minister uh, student organization. Over the course of the summer, as a result of the Ken Ham event that took place, where he was invited, uninvited, and then reinvited, I just walked over to the director of the Student Alliance for Equality, and I said, uh, knocked on his door and went in. I darkened his door, mm. and I went and I went in there and shared with him and how we'd like to build relationship and level the playing field and uh, just do away with some of the discourse that's taking place, the animosity and the aggressive uh, approach to communicating with each other on campus. And long, long story short, we, we co-sponsored an event called sexuality and spirituality where they brought two of their, uh, two people of their, uh, two panelists to share their perspective from mm -hmm. their angle. And then we brought Dr. Robert Gagnon in from, uh, he's a new Testament theologian. And we had Stephen Black from first stone ministries represented our side and, that was that was so it was really a awesome it was a civil day. conversation debate setting correct yeah it was a forum setting yeah nice yeah and i remember when i was a kid uh, well it was just starting to go away but there used to be uh, churches weren't afraid of the idea of debate and weren't afraid of the idea of having panels and groups. I mean, even within denominations, I remember like uh, Methodists and Baptists would, would have um, theological debates and just have those, it would just, and we would have them in different, each other's church homes. Uh, we, you know, one time we'd be at the Baptist church, one time we'd be at the Methodist church or the West, whatever it is. And there was never, there was never this animosity towards one another. It was always a, a easygoing conversation and debate. I mean, there was never any of this, oh, I hate you. We've got this mentality of if I disagree with you, you've got to hate me or I hate you. One of the two. Yeah. And that's just yeah. not the truth. No, it's uh, it's building relationship with people and uh, learning to respect them and their perspective and their worldview. And ultimately, um, you know, it comes down to, and that's the, this is the question that we have over the course of all the interactions that we've had with these different belief systems. Um, we get to ask the question, because we ask a lot of questions, what role did the church play hmm. in who you are and the decision you made to, um, uh, to pursue the faith that you are pursuing right now? Yeah. 
That's fascinating to me because uh, I ask those kind of questions too to my friends that are, that are. I have some friends that are atheists, and it's always interesting to hear their perspective on how they became an atheist. And a, a large percentage of atheists had some sort of a church background, and I always like to know why yep. why it is that what or what turned you off, what changed your mind. And so it's just it's interesting to see and hear their side of things instead of just walking in and just slapping them with a Bible. I, I, I want to have the conversation and gently lead them. And, and I'm not afraid to share my faith. I'm not afraid to be bold for what I believe. But if you've got a jerkish attitude, it doesn't work. And, and it sounds like that's exactly what you guys are doing on the campus of UCL. Yeah, everything we do for the most part is uh, it's conversation. Uh, we look to interact. I mean, we use uh, various methods when we do outreach. There's a uh, Brad Bright, Bill Bright's son has a, uh, <clears throat> you can just go to it real quick. It's called viewofgod.com. We'll take that with our phone and we'll say, hey, uh, what's your belief system? Uh, how did you arrive at that? And then do you have any idea what your what your view of God is? Hmm. And, then, and then we can say, well, here's a quick inventory that'll take you 30 seconds to answer these questions. And as soon as you get done, boom, you show them your iPad or your iPhone screen. You can tell them what their perspective is. Hopefully that sets a uh, an appetite in their own heart and mind that would say, you know, I'm going to go back and look at those answers a little bit more in depth and see what the results are for themselves. Because if they seek independently on their own and we're in the background praying, building a relationship, following up, those types of things, you can do some ser- pretty serious ministry. Yeah, that's awesome. So you guys just hosted not too long ago, February 21st, you, you hosted the abortion debate uh looks like mike adams and dr willie parker what what uh what was that well well we didn't actually host that that was hosted out in uh unc wilmington in north carolina oh so uh, it was it was it was skyped or uh, uh broadcasted in well it was a live stream event yeah and yeah. so what we do on a deal like that if it's not a night that we meet we will publicize that link and then uh send it out in our group meet to the kids and then they can watch it and then we'll come back and debrief that and matter of fact we're going to debrief on that tomorrow night as a matter of fact holy cow so yeah that's that's a hot topic right now uh abortion and and the uh the insanity of that how do you guys what's your approach on that well, in the past, what we've done is uh, with uh, Oklahoma United for Life, as a result of John Mishner realigning, uh, he uh, used to be with Justice for All, and now he's um, Oklahoma United for Life. And so what we would do is go on campus, set up a couple tables, and we set up opinion boards. And then the question that we had asked on those, on those opinion boards was, uh, should abortion be legal in Oklahoma? And then we just provide markers and stuff where kids and adults, uh, staff, anybody can walk up and write yes or no and then explain. And uh, and then we train students how to, when we're there hosting that event, we train them how to engage in one-on-one, one-on-one dialogue with that. Uh, as a matter of fact, we're going to go through a refresher next week. Uh, spring break takes place a week after that. And then the week after that, we'll be on back on campus again doing our, our nine night, which is the last Wednesday of every night. We're back on campus and we'll be doing our pro-life outreach that night, and it'll be just be one-on-one interaction with students. We won't do the, um, we won't pop the question or have the opinion board up there. We just work on one-on-one relationships. You know, typically we'll walk over to the library and somebody will be able to uh, study and we'll say, hey, do you have a minute where I can ask you a question or two? And so that's how we engage on that. Or we go over to the union. We originate at the union and then we just spread out across the campus is how we do that. So just that one-on-one conversation or, or, or yeah. just meeting yeah. them where they are. Exactly. So cool. Yeah. So cool. And again, every time you interact with an individual, 
you're addressing abortion, which is an issue, and then you're interacting with an individual, and now you're praying for that individual when you walk away from that scenario, um, specifically for that individual and their perspective on all of that. So uh, one of the initiatives we're working on here uh, in the future is um, I went over and met with the director of the Office of Diversity and Inclusion. And you can just tell by the title of that office what it is that I'm dealing with over there. But <laughs> right. I, uh, I offered because the Black Male Summit is coming up in at the end of this month. And we just walked over there and I grabbed one of my kids and we went in over and I said, I just want to we want to be available. Valid Worldview wants to be available to help volunteer, fill volunteer positions for your summit. So if you have any openings for volunteers, let us know what those are, and we would love to get some of our kids signed up to help you put this on. And so that's an outreach for us to build relationship with the Black Male Summit, the Office of Diversity. We would love to. And then I offered my services with some of the men's ministry experience I've had in the past. You mentioned that previously. but. Yep. As I served with the National uh, Coalition of Men's Ministries on their board of directors and the National Center for Fathering as their Foundations of Fathering, you know, uh, trainer, um, Oklahoma Men of Integrity, Lifeway Ministry Multiplier, all the stuff that I've done with the men's ministry, I asked this gal when I talked to her if she's if she understands what the father wound is. Mm. And it was a new concept to her, and she didn't understand it. I said, from the experience that I've had, I would love to make myself available to you to be able to pour into students in addressing the father wounds because we all have it. And then yeah. uh, I shared with her that, man, the guy that wrote the book on that from the National Center for Fathering, Ken Canfield, who started it back in mid-90s, um, I said, man, you could bring him in here to address the father wound at next year's Black Male Summit. So we just continue to work on relationships and kind of keep things uh, stirred, you know, throw it in the pot, so to speak, and keep it stirred. And then... There's always two or three different initiatives on the back burners, and yeah. uh, from time to time we'll bring them up to the front, turn the heat up on those a little bit, and, and just keep pressing on. So ultimately, the ultimate object objective in our pro-life outreach is we want to address the issue of eugenics on the college campus, and mm. we would love, love, love to partner with the Black Student Association on that. So awesome. I love that you guys are just engaging culture uh, where you are. I mean, it's 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 not a difficult thing. Jesus said, like you said once, Matthew 28, he said, go. He didn't say go if you were qualified. He just said, go. He's the one who yeah. gives you the authority. He's the one who gives you uh, the power to do what you need to do. And so I, I just, I love that you're doing this and it's such an encouragement. I, I really appreciate you taking uh, the time to be on our show again and just to come share your heart about what God is doing in the Oklahoma City admin area. Uh, would you dismiss us in prayer? I would. Father, you uh, you love us just the way that we are, and you've woven us together in our mother's wombs just the way that you intended for us to be woven together. Father, we all have a purpose, and life in your eyes is sacred, and we thank you for that. And also, Father, we know that uh, each of us has been uh, equipped, talented. Uh, you have woven within each of us passions. And so, Father, I pray for each listener mm. and for both Caleb and myself that uh, you would continue to make level paths for our feet and help us to take ways that are firm. Father, that you would be our stronghold and that you would uh, help us to identify in our relationship with you and the, and the pursuit thereof where our passions are and what it is that stirs us. And then father, I pray that we would be motivated then uh, to continue to pursue and to run to the front line, just like David did with Goliath 
you taught us those principles, Father. He ran to the front line, and uh, he was equipped, though. So, Father, continue to equip us and then put the spring in our step to pursue with passion uh, the countercultural issues that are taking place and stand firmly for you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, guys, go get them this week. This program has been brought to you by DSR, a technology company that has been investing in Bartles of a Families for over 35 years. DSR, we deliver technology.